Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Yesterday on the podcast, we went over some of the details of the police shooting of 13-year-old Adam Toledo in Chicago's Little Village neighborhood late last month. Now, later today, COPA, the Civilian Office of Police Accountability, will release body cam video of the incident. We'll talk about what's in that video tomorrow on the podcast during the weekly news recap. Today, because it's all over the news, we want to have a conversation about how to talk to kids and teens about this incident, the video, and police and police shootings in general. Dr. Nia Heard-Garris is a physician and researcher at Lurie Children's Hospital of Chicago and Northwestern University Feinberg School of Medicine. Dr. Heard-Garris, welcome back to Reset. Hi, thanks for having me. Sad occasion. Sad occasion again. Yeah, we've been here before. We we talked with you a few months ago, and we also spoke with you about this topic in particular back in June of, of last year. That was in the wake of the police killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis. Today, we're here to talk about another fatal police shooting, uh, this time of a teenager. Now, as a parent and a pediatrician, how are you processing this? It's been tough to have this news and the news um, from Minnesota as well. I do research and a new study, one of our new studies came out, and the title of that study is Melanin Collie. And I think that perfectly describes how I'm feeling and probably many other people are feeling within the Chicagoland and honestly across the country. It's just this deep feeling of sadness and exhaustion, really. Yeah, I saw your tweet uh, yesterday. I shared it as well on my timeline. You said, you know, I I just want us to be okay. I just want people of color to be okay. I do. I know for black and brown folks, this is becoming, you know, we're hearing news. And we, of course, have had these stories within our, our own histories for years and decades, but just even more frequently now. And it's becoming harder and harder to talk about this, to yeah. see the videos and to still carry on. And you have a young son. What kind of conversations are you having with him? I think instinctually from a mother's perspective, there are are kind of a multitude of reactions. My initial reaction is wanting to protect him and keep him safe and not share any of this news. And I'm fortunate enough that he's young, that I can do as much as I can to prevent him from seeing the footage and seeing the videos. But certainly for older kids, this is a conversation and this is um, video footage that they are not going to be, parents are not going to be able to protect them from as easily. So I'm not sure that my son and I are going to have the conversation about Adam Toledo, but for other parents, they, they will need to. Well, as we mentioned, video of that shooting is expected to be released publicly today. His family watched the video on Tuesday. Tell us how we can talk to the kids and the teenagers in our lives about this video in particular. Absolutely. So the preference is always to try to talk to them before they see it um, and try to walk them through if they're if they really want to see the video or you think it's important for them to see the video. You should be there as the parent right there with them watching it and preparing them before they see it. 
And for many teens and adolescents, parents are not going to have that opportunity. It'll, it might pop up on their phone or be on their timeline. And so the adolescents and teens will have already seen it. And so then you have to kind of do a debrief afterwards. Hey, you know, I want to know uh, there's a lot of talk about Adam Toledo. Have you heard anything? And if so, what have you heard? Have you seen anything? Yeah. If so, let's talk about it. Because, um, again, you don't want to introduce something if they're not aware and you don't think they can handle it from a developmental standpoint. But at the same time, you don't want to ignore it if they've got these feelings that they've seen it and they're upset now. We'll talk a bit more about best practices then based on age? Because talking to a 16-year-old is is much different than talking to a six-year-old. Absolutely. I think for really young kids, it's almost best to really try to shelter them from the footage because it can be traumatic, it's violent, and it's hard to understand as as a six or seven-year-old why, you know, why this is happening. Police are supposed to keep you safe. And so, Our personal choice at home, again, is to not share that footage. We absolutely talk about race, and we absolutely talk about racism. It's an ongoing conversation in our house. It's not one-off. But for an older kid, again, a 16-year-old who may have actually seen this footage, it's traumatic. It's hard to see for anyone, 16, 40, doesn't matter. So I would really recommend that you watch it together if you guys are going to watch it as a family. Um, And if they've already seen it, then really sit and talk about how they're feeling. Because um, some of the research we've seen is that some kids have really negative responses, um, and not to mention uh, desensitization. After you've seen so many of these videos or heard so many of these stories, you can kind of disconnect. It's too much. It's overwhelming. I can't get uh, Adam's friends and classmates off my mind, and and I'm just struggling to, to think through how they could be processing what really happened. He was a student at Gary Elementary School in Little Village. How can educators help their students find healing? right now? That is a great question. I think uh, alongside parents and pediatricians, educators have such an important role. They are seeing our kids for most of the day, right? So they're helping to shepherd and mold them into the the grown-ups that they're going to become. And so with that, they have a great opportunity to take time instead of maybe doing, you know, math or calculus or whatever for that day Mm -hmm. um, and that morning, maybe you hold an, you hold space, You hold space for silence. You hold space for being able to talk and share emotions. You invite the school counselor in. Um, You do things that is going to promote the healing of your students and not gloss over it like they should, you know, carry on, especially those that knew him and knew his family. Dr. Adam had dreams of becoming a police officer, and I'm sure a lot of other kids have similar dreams, right? How do we have an age-appropriate conversation with young people about the public safety role that police officers play or are supposed to play in society at a time when there is a systemic problem with police shootings across the country? Sasha Ann, this is like such an important question and one that as a, as a mom I'm still navigating and certainly I um, have to navigate it as a pediatrician as well because, you know, 
a lot of kids, when they grow up, they want to be a police officer, a firefighter, an astronaut, all of those big dreams. And on the one hand, you want to encourage your child to do whatever it is they want to do and you want to support them. And on the other hand, you know, as a black mother, I have fear. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so nervous for that, not only because of the role we're seeing right now, but police officers are putting – they do put their lives on the line. So it's the same kind of conversation as if, you know, they want to be in the Army or Navy. It's such a noble and, and important profession, and you're risking your life to protect and serve others. And at the same time, right, um, you are concerned deeply about the role of policing within your communities and within communities of color. And so how should policing look in a way that protects and serves those who's supposed to? And there's been a lot of different calls for what that looks like, community-oriented policing or um, not having policing. You know, the, yeah. the spectrum is very large mm -hmm. there. But for kids, I think you having a, a conversation about the ideal state, right? What police officers are intended to do and what they should do for the community. And then have a realistic conversation if your child is aware, well, mom, you said that police officers are supposed to protect and serve, but this is like the fifth story I've heard, or this is the video, this is another video I've seen where that didn't happen. What's going on? Right. So I think you can use it as a as a conversation to say, yes, you could be the change. Right. You could be the change. You could help usher this in um, and, and support them still in pursuing their dreams while also yeah. telling them uh, the reality of our world right now. I want to circle back to, to racism. You, you talked about it earlier. It's also one of your areas of research. Uh, there's data from The Washington Post on fatal shootings since 2015. And uh, it shows while half of the people shot and killed by police in America are white, black and Latino people are killed at much higher rates. How do we talk to kids and teens about the effects of racism in policing? Yeah, Tasha Ann, you know, it, I think that is a similar conversation to the one we've been having, which is the role is to protect and serve and to keep folks safe. And that does not always happen. And there was a study that was done, I think, published in The Lancet uh, that showed something similar, is that black and brown folks, while in numbers, they're, they're not killed as often by police officers. Disproportionately, though, they're killed. Yeah. And there are spillover effects. So what I study is vicarious racism. So even if you're not the person that is impacted by racism or you're not the person that was shot, right, you seeing these images, you seeing this stuff or hearing about these stories impacts you as well. Your mental health is a huge component. And that's one of the reasons why parents have to have a very good understanding of where their child is, because you don't want to introduce trauma. You don't want to introduce issues that will lead to mental health, you know, depression, anxiety, fear, isolation. Um, and so all of those conversations kind of come from the role of, of policing and the intended um, mission to protect and serve and, yeah. and why that doesn't always happen. Before I let you go, doctor, you know, there's been a lot of discussion around how these instances of police shootings and violence, how they can be re-traumatizing, right? Because we've mm -hmm. got new details that are emerging around these high-profile cases. There's a police misconduct trial unfolding right before our eyes. Any advice or resources that you would recommend right now on how to navigate all of that? Yeah, so my main advice for both people is to put your oxygen mask on first. I know we talk about that a lot, but that is so important, especially in a time like right now. 
it is okay to not be okay with all the things that are happening, but you got to take care of yourself first. So whether that's talking to friends, whether that's therapy, whether that's not watching the video, which is an option, disconnecting from social media, you have to take care of yourself first. And nothing is more important than that right now. And then after, after you do that, then engaging your, your kids and those around you you love to try to help them through this time. There are a lot of uh, websites, one I like in particular, Embrace Race, um, which helps parents and caregivers navigate these really tough conversations. So it's embracerace.org. I would direct parents and caregivers, educators mm-hmm. to that website to help their, their kids. Great. Thank you. That is Dr. Nia Hurd-Garris with Lurie Children's Hospital of Chicago and Northwestern University Feinberg School of Medicine. Dr. Hurd-Garris, take care of yourself. Thank you. You too. And that's today's Reset. Again, the body cam footage of the police shooting of Adam Toledo will be released today. Our panel will talk about what they see along with other big local and state stories tomorrow on Reset's weekly news recap. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. We'll meet again tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.